Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast, State of Origin Game 2, kicking off later tonight from Perth. This will be the Guru's last say on this game. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to get out as much podcast content as we would have liked over the last few days. Have been a little bit crook, voice was going on me. Starting to get it back now, so hopefully we'll be okay for a deep review on Bloke in a Bar tomorrow after the game. It's going to be an absolute cracker tonight. Coming to you from Perth, uh, Teddy and Freddie and the New South Wales Blues, they need to get up for this one. Down 1-0 in the series, losing game one in Sydney, uh, which normally means uh, that is the nail in the coffin on the series. If the Blues can't win in Sydney, they're normally in some curry. They play in Perth tonight. This is a must-win game, and then hopefully they can go to Suncorp and get the job done there, but uh, very, very nervous about that one. Let's dive into, though, tonight. There's a couple of things that I want to touch on. Before I give you my predictions and my same-game multi for this one, there's a few things I want to talk about. First one is Matty Burton. He's been introduced into this team. I was lucky enough last Sunday to go out and watch the Canterbury Bulldogs play. It's actually the first time I've seen Matt Burton play live, and I could not believe the contact that he gets off his kicks. It was incredible. You could hear it from the crowd. I'm not sure if I've ever seen a better live kicker. I've seen guys that I would put on, you know, the same sort of pedestal. Obviously, Freddie, Ricky Stewart, Joey, these sort of guys could kicks hit could hit kicks about as well as Matt Burton, but there's something about the way that he hits them. Lockie was, was another absolute cracker. There's something about when the ball comes off his foot, it's something special. The other thing about Matty Burton is that he's a left footer. Now, obviously, it's, it's always good to have a left and a right foot kicker, uh, but especially when it comes to state of origin, and especially when you look at how Queensland dominated in game one by pressuring Nathan Cleary, I put a lot of that down to the fact that Damien Cook, at a hooker, he can't kick. Jerome Luai wasn't doing much kicking. He obviously doesn't have the same sort of uh, kicking game as Nathan Cleary. So it makes sense for Nathan Cleary to do the vast majority of the kicking, but... 
what it does, it means that your markers, both of them can now just double team on the one guy, Nathan Cleary. Uh, if it's going to be Jerome Luai kicking, they're probably more than happy just to let him go because uh, they know it's not going to be as quality as Nathan Cleary with all due respect to Jerome Luai. So game one, it just meant that they could pressure Nathan Cleary all night. Uh, I would say by looking at the game one tape again that the Blues were probably tipped off uh, to be careful with their front rowers as blockers for their kicker. Uh, obviously something that the, the, the referees were cracking down on. I can't see any other reason why the Blues wouldn't address that very quickly and sort it out. So interesting to watch that tonight. But having Matty Burton on the field, it means that he will be on the left-hand side of the ruck. He's playing left centre. I think when you get to fourth and fifth tackle, he will shift in a little bit. I think you'll have Nathan Cleary on the right edge, which is the preferred uh, side for a rightful kicker to be on. Then you have Matty Burton on the left. So if the Queensland Maroons first and second markers, they want to stack all their pressure on Nathan Cleary, uh, you've got Matty Burton there. And honestly, I don't know what I'd rather get under. One of those floaters uh, from Nathan Cleary or one of the spirals that Matty Burton's capable of putting up. So it'll be very, very interesting. I also think with Matt Burton, the thing that's been underappreciated this year is just how good his short king game has been for Canterbury. It was one thing that when they signed at the start of the year, and I have to wear this one, egg on my face, I sort of said, look, Matt Burton's a fantastic footballer. He's got a great running game, good passing game. I love him. His long kicking game is sensational, but it's his short kicking game that I'm really worried about. I don't think he solves the problem that Canterbury have. Uh, his short kicking game has been a tremendous this year. It has been unreal. So I think Matt Burton adds a lot to this team. It's very similar to when you used to have Wade Graham on, on the left edge for the New South Wales Blues. Just another option there. But back then you did have two halves that would do a lot of the kicking. Jerome Luai doesn't do a heap. I don't think Jerome Luai is a bad kicker, but obviously when you've got a guy like Nathan Cleary and Matt Burton, for me, he probably slips to the third choice realistically. But I think Burton's boot, I think it will be fantastic for New South Wales. I think it'll be fantastic for Nathan Cleary as well. It'll give uh, the New South Wales Blue, the Queensland Maroons, sorry, at marker something else to think about uh, so they can't just go all their eggs in one basket. Also, when Happy Curacao's on the field, he also has a kicking game as well. Damien Cook doesn't realistically. So all of a sudden, you've gone from one serious option of kicking um, to two serious options and then a hooker who's very crafty who can kick as well, who will also address if the markers are just going heavy in the paint on the kickers, he'll be able to take advantage of that around the ruck. So I love the Matt Burton edition. I really, I really do like it in a number of ways. Let's get to the hookers. Now, we just mentioned Happy Curacao. He's in this side, as is Damien Cook. Uh, Freddie has said that Damien Cook will start from the bench. Appy will start at nine. Personally, I'm not buying it. It doesn't quite make sense to me. I would definitely be starting with Damien Cook in the nine. I'd be bringing Appy on for probably the last 35 or so. I think Damien Cook, he's the better defensive player, uh, especially in State of Origin. He's been there, he's done it, he's defended for long periods. I'm sure Appy could handle it, but Damien Cook has shown you what he can do there. I would give Damien Cook a very simple job uh, for the New South Wales Blues, stand and deliver out a dummy half and defensively. We know it's going to be tight for the first 30 to 40 minutes of this game. So personally, I would start Cook and I'd bring Appy off the bench. I think that Appy, despite people telling me that Damien Cook's the best running nine in rugby league, I honestly do think Appy's a better running nine uh, than Damien Cook. I think that Cook, when he's at full flight, he probably is better than Abby Curacao. But let's be honest here, we haven't seen that in two and a half years now. I also think that Damien Cook doesn't have the ruck recognition of Abby Curacao. And quite often, that is what makes a difference. Cook might be a better runner, but the moments that Appy picks and the way that he just backs himself, for me, that puts him ahead of Damien Cook. So if I was Queensland, I would be, I would much prefer see Damien Cook come on with 30 minutes to go than see Appy Curacao come on with 30 minutes to go. So that's the way that I 
I would pick my team. It'll be interesting to see which direction Freddie takes because we know the Queensland hookers. We know what they're going to do. They did it in game one. Slater knows that he can trust these two blokes regardless of how he splits their minutes. They're two very similar footballers. They've both got great kicking games, both got great running games, both got great ruck recognition, both good in defence. We know that this combo is going to cause havoc. We saw them cause havoc in game one. And you've got to remember... The way that Slater used them in game one, that wasn't ideal either. He'd already lost two or three interchanges because he lost Xavier Coates. He had to make a change there. He then lost Nanai, but then he was okay, so then he brought him back. So they lost three more interchanges than what their ideal plan would be um, with these two. So Queensland hookers, uh, I personally think they are. Probably. When it comes to the Origin Arena, I think they're the two best hookers on the field. They're going to be able to use, be used in small stints, which is going to be scary. Freddie, he has gone with a second hooker on his bench, which I understand. I'm not going to push back on it. I feel sorry for Nico Hines and maybe he's the sort of guy that we need, but if Freddie is going to do this, he has to absolutely nail it. And personally... I'm not convinced that starting Appy and having Cook off the bench is the way to go. But we'll see which direction Freddie goes. But the hookers, they are going to be incredibly important in, in this game. There's no doubt about it. The lock forward role. Now, obviously, the New South Wales Blues, I'll say, yo, he uh, he got concussed in the first moment uh, of game one, managed to play out the rest of the game, had about a 25-minute spell. And for me, that's where the New South Wales Blues really lost their direction. Junior Bolo came on and sort of th- threw a few loose passes. They started going a bit more lateral. Um, instead of going forwards. And that's sort of where it fell apart a little bit for me with the New South Wales Blues. Now, I don't know if if Isaiah Yo was given a rest because of the hit that he copped in the first minute or if that was Freddie's plan. But for me, I think Isaiah Yo has to stay on the field the entire 80 minutes. I think he has to be out there the whole time. And I think that's the direction that Freddie will go. When I look at the other side of the park, Ruben Cotter played 13 for the Maroons in game one, played the entire game. As we said, they had a few injuries and their interchange was fucked around with a little bit. So our boy Ruben Cotter played the full 80. He's done his hamstring since. Now, the Queensland Maroons have named Tino in the 13 jersey. And personally, I thought they'd go Paddy Carrigan. And realistically, I think they still will go Paddy Carrigan as their lock. He won't be their 13 because I think they will start with Tino. I think they'll just go with the power-heavy game through the middle, which, to be honest with you, I don't mind. In State of Origin... I've got no issue with that. I think you'll see Paddy Carrigan come on about the 20th, 25th minute maybe. And I think at that point, he will jump into that into that 13 role and you'll see Tino move into the front row. And I think they'll just go power forward uh, for the first 30 minutes or so. Then when Paddy Carrigan comes on, I think you'll start to see a little bit more ball movement. It'll be interesting to see when Carrigan comes on. The other option that, that, that you could have as well is you could have Ben Hunt or Harry Grant jumping into one of those roles as well. So they have got a heap of options here, Queensland. And I think Ruben Cotter is going to be a massive loss, a huge loss. I think his body shape and the work rate he has, I, I, I really don't think you can replace him. So how they're going to replace him is, is with other guys that aren't like him. So they are going to be a little bit different, uh, but I think it's got the potential to be pr- pretty scary. As I said, I think this game will be really close in the first 30 to 40 minutes. So I think, And I, I, I personally think it'll be close to the whole 80, but I especially think the first 30 to 40 will be incredibly tight. And I think this is where going with the big power forward game of a Lindsay Collins, of a Tino and a Josh Papali will make a lot of sense. But if I was coaching this team, I would move Tino into the front row. I'd bring Lindsay Collins off the 
bench and I would play Paddy Carrigan at 13. But there is the argument that because Carrigan was so good off the bench in game one, it makes sense uh, to leave him there. So we'll see how it plays out. I'm very excited to see what the team list look like just before kickoff here. We know that Freddie, uh, he tends to fuck around with his team list quite a bit. I'll be interested to see if he does make any changes. I'm probably not seeing any at the moment. Um, the only one I could really see is maybe uh, Angus Crichton starting. Uh, but I, I just don't think he's... I think he, he loves Liam Martin too much and I and I don't think I think he's learned his lesson with Cam Murray. Just leave him out there for 80 minutes. Queensland, though, as much as history tells us, and it is only a small sample size that Slater won't make changes based on game one, I've got a feeling that he might. I know that I would. The other one that we did mention, of course, to the Blues is the hookers. Personally, I'd be starting Damien Cook. Very keen to see what Freddie does. Now, the Blues bench, I looked at it in game one and thought our bench is so much better, it's not even funny, and Queensland won it by a country mile. Paddy Carrigan came on, and he was arguably uh, the best forward on the field in game one. He was very, very impressive. I look at our bench once again here, and once again I come into this game very confident. What does that mean? Fuck knows. It meant nothing in game two, but I do like the bench that we've picked, and I know there's a couple of controversial ones here. Personally, Angus Crichton coming in back, back into this side, I would have had him from game one. Uh, Junior Bolo on the bench, I've got no issue with that. I think if you're going to play Jake Trevojevic, he's got to start. I don't think Jake Trevojevic is the sort of guy you want to bring off the pine. I think you want more expo- explosiveness out of Junior Paul. And then you got Sivitalakai. Now, he is... I think Kempi described him during the week as the joker in the pack, and I agree 100%. It's the two 17s that are the real jokers in the pack here, Sivitalakai and Jeremiah Nanai, two vastly different footballers. Uh, but Talakai, I'm very interested to see how he is used. Personally, I think he'll be used as a middle forward. If you've been listening to the Rugby League Guru podcast for the last 18 months or so, you'll know that Sifa was our man at the start of last season. We said could be a state-of-origin bolter. The reason why we liked him as a state-of-origin bolter is just because he draws in numbers. He's very similar to your Brandon Smith, your Joey Tapanay, these sort of guys, when they run, they don't draw in two or three defenders. They draw in four or five. They really sink the entire defensive line to wherever they are. And personally, if I was coaching the Blues, I would have Api Curacao on the bench. And as soon as I put Sifatalika on the field, I would also put Api Curacao out there. And I'd say to Api, every time Sifa runs, you go. Just go straight off the back of Sifa. Just give it a crack because this is what he does. He draws in numbers. I believe the Blues, they will start to get on the front foot off the back of some of these Sifatalakai runs. Now he's very fired up for this one. He'll be ready to go, Sifa, despite playing center all this year. He is a back rower, yeah. He's going to be playing as a middle here in the, in the Origin Arena. It's going to be tough. It's going to be fast. Uh, but I, I personally think he's going to rise to the occasion. We've always been big Sifa fans, as you guys know. And I think he's going to do well tonight. So best of luck to Sifa. One of the bigger bolters we've seen this Origin Series. Probably the biggest bolter, realistically. But I think Freddie knows what he can get out of this guy. I've always said about Sifa, what I love the most about him is that it didn't come easy. Uh, I watched him play a lot of footy because he played for the Mascot Jets. Uh, so I watched him play at Mascot Oval. He, he, he was a centre coming through the juniors. He was in Darren Brown's side there that went undefeated for a number of years. And he was always supremely talented. Got into the South Sydney system, made his debut with the Rabbitohs. was going to be the next star. And it all didn't sort of work out uh, as we thought it would with Sifri. Had to go the hard way around. He sort of got lost from the game. Ended up in Newtown. Ended up at the Panthers playing reserve grade. Ended up at Newtown. Gave up the game for a little bit there. Then managed to fight his way back into this shark system. And has now fought his way into State of Origin. I love guys that have gone around the hard way, and he definitely is one of these guys. So 
Siffer, very, very excited about him. Angus Crine's the other one we mentioned that we would have had him in game one. Um, I think he's going to be used as a middle here, which thankfully Trent Robinson does quite often with Angus. Uh, it is an interesting um, bench, though, because it only features one front row forward realistically. Uh, and, you know, the other front row forward is Payne Haas, who's been a juggernaut. But Jake Trevojevic, who Freddie decided he didn't really need last year, pair that with Isaiah Yo, who's a genuine 13, not a front rower. You are lacking a little bit of size there. But Angus and Siffer, definitely big enough to be able to handle themselves through the middle. But it is interesting to see how it has played out because this sort of attempt didn't work overly well for us in game one, realistically. Um, Using Ryan Madison as a middle, he didn't really have all that much impact. But Angus has been there before. And personally, I think Siffer can be a little bit more damaging. He'll be out for this one. A big test for the forwards. Uh, I think think I listened to the YKTR podcast this week. They had uh, Willie Mason on there this week talking about how, you know, a guy like... Uh, Paddy Carrigan ran for a heap of metres through the middle. I'm sure Jai Arrow will be fired up for this one too. Papali, Lindsay Collins, Tino, um, they can't be allowed to run rampant like they did in game one. So a huge test for this New South Wales Blues forward pack. I think they got their pants pulled down a little bit in game one. I'm sure they'll be backing up for a very, very, very big game here. Um, now the halves. The halves is massive, as it is in every single Origin game ever. You look at the Queensland Maroons, uh, DCE and Cam Munster. DCE, he'll be closing in on 300 NRL games very soon. So the amount of experience he's got is just incredible. It is invaluable for the Queensland Maroons. Just looking at his stats now, he's 33 years old. He's played 274 first-grade games. That is more than Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai combined. You look at Cam Munster, um, he's, he hasn't really played that many more games than Nathan Cleary. He's only played about 30, but the big difference for me, Cam Munster's 27, Nathan Cleary's 24, yeah, so especially as blokes, that 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 different age group really, really matters, and as footballers as well, we know that 27 to 30 tends to be the best period of your footballing career as a half, and Cam Munster, he's just, or he, I believe he's, he's entered that period this year, um, so it's a big advantage for the Maroons that they've got so much experience in their halves over Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai. The advantage they've got is that they are a premiership winning halves combo. They play together week in, week out. They have played together week in, week out for 10 odd years across a vast array of different levels of rugby league, going from Harold Matthews to NRL Grand Finals to State of Origin here. Personally, I didn't think... Luai and Cleary were as bad as what people said last in game one. I think there's a lot of people that have been waiting for these two to have a quiet game and they took their opportunity to get stuck into them. I think they bounce back tonight. I think they're going to be in for a big performance. I think Nathan Cleary's kicking game was really off in game one. That's the one um, criticism that I will happily um, agree with everyone. I think I think his kicking game was way off. Uh, and the reality is, in the state of Roger Arena, if your kicking game is a metre off on every kick, it's a bad kicking game. That's just the reality and how hard it is to be one of the great kickers in the NRL and in state of origin in particular. So clearly, he needs to have a bounce-back game with his kicking game. I thought these two, though, the way that they directed the team around the park, um, the way that they created opportunities, I thought there was a lot of times where they created things that then, on the next tackle, something went wrong. There was the moment where Cleary put Tariq Sim through a hole last time, uh, and then it was on down the right side, and Cook went to Junior Bolo, who um, ran through and scored, but it was an obstruction. There was a heap of moments like that in this game that I think if they would have gone the other way, or if they would have just been allowed to play out for another um, two plays, I, all of a sudden, I, I think the Penrith boys could have been the heroes in this game. So I personally think the New South Wales Blues bounce back here. I think the halves really stand up, but it's not going to be easy. Cam Munster, he is in the best form of his career. I don't think there's any arguing that. What he's doing at the moment is incredible. What he did in game one um, was 
just unlike anything I've seen since Wally Lewis, essentially. He's an absolute freak. I say unlike anything I've seen. The last time I probably saw a game like that where a guy was just able to create absolutely anything out of absolutely nothing was probably Cam Munster when he played fullback that night that Teddy scored the match winner. It's forgotten how good Cameron Munster was that night when he was playing for the Maroons. So he's going to be the main guy. He's very hard to prepare for. Um, But I liked that Stephen Crichton, when he came on the field, granted he gave away a penalty. I understand people were upset with it, but I'm glad that someone got up in Munster's face and fucking put a shot on him because he was just taking the absolute piss out of us in game one. Um, Still did after that moment. It didn't turn the tide, but I'm glad that someone got up in his face. He's the key man man that the Maroons need to stop. DCE defensively did struggle in game one as per usual, so we need to be keep going at him. It'll be interesting to see. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. What they do with Siffle when he gets on, if he is just going to be a middle guy or if they maybe try and put him up against DCE and, and, and really terrorise him. There's a couple of options or a couple of ways that Freddie could use Siffle, and that is one of them by really targeting DCE. Could also target Cam Munster realistically. As much as I'm not expecting Siffle to you know, score tries through Cam Munster, it'll just be about tiring him out and try, trying to take some petrol out of that gas. So trying to take some some gas out of the tank, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, I think the Blues, I think their halves, they will bounce back tonight. I think they are going to be in for a big one. I think this one's going to be a close game. As far as my anytime try scorers goes, um, really tough here. I've got New South Wales 1-12. to I think they win in a close one here. I think we go to a decider at Suncorp. Uh, I think that, obviously, this one means a little bit more to the New South Wales Blues. They're down 1-0. It is must win. I think the Queensland Maroons, as much as they won't be taking it easy, I think there is always that little bit in the back here mind that says we have got game three in Suncorp. Big advantage to have and something to sort of be able to lean back on. Whereas the Blues, it's still a die here. They have to win this game. Made a couple of changes. They've still got world-class players. There's no doubting that. Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary, James Tedesco, you know, Toto, Tupu, they, they've got world-class players throughout their team everywhere. Personally, I think the Blues get it done in a close one here. So I will take them 1-12. to 12. And then my anytime try scorers, I have got two guys, one from each team. First one is the New South Wales fullback, James Tedesco. He was everywhere in game one. I believe that he crashes over for a media in this one. Teddy loves standing up on the big stages. I think sometimes we, we, get, um, we get a bit carried away with other fullbacks in this competition, whether it's Pappy, whether it's Nico Hines, whether it's Turbo, you know, you name it. So many talented fullbacks in this competition, and we forget that Teddy always stands up on the biggest stages when there is a big stage and a moment that needs to be won James Tedesco stands up I'm going to back him to cross uh, in game in game two here you can get him what's he at about $2.80 or something $2.70 James Tedesco and then my other try scorer is Val Holmes for the Queensland Maroons uh, I think he's probably the best centre in rugby league as it stands right now 
$3.10 for him. You've obviously got Matty Burton and Stephen Crichton out there in the centres at the moment. So a big test for both of these guys. Uh, going against world-class centres in Dane Gagai and Val Holmes. World-class centres who have been there and done it in the State of Origin arena. Neither of Matt Burton or Stephen Crichton have realistically. Burton on his debut. Stephen Crichton on his run-on debut. He played last game coming off the bench. Played a couple of, oh, you know, a, a, a good whack of that game in the centres. But really wasn't able to get a hold on it. So I'm keen to see how he responds. As we said during the week, this is only the third time in 40 years of State of Origin that the centre pairing in Game 1 isn't in the team in Game 2 and it's completely changed. Now, it is because of COVID and because Freddie decided to drop Katoni Stagg, so it isn't an ideal situation for Freddie and the New South Wales Blues, but it is extremely rare to see this. Last time it happened was actually Freddie once again, 2019, changed up. Uh, both of his centres brought dropped Latrell and Josh Morris, I think it was, and he brought in Jack White and a Turbo for Game 2 in Perth. The Blues got a big win in there, and then they went on to win Game 3. So hopefully for Freddie, history is able to repeat itself there but it should be noted that in 2019 game three was in Sydney this year game three is in Brisbane so a completely different kettle of fish New South Wales 1-12 James Tedesco anytime time try scorer Val Holmes anytime try scorer you can get $21 for that same game multi that's the one that I'll be on tonight stay tuned tomorrow we will have uh, Bloke in a Bar we'll be diving on there diving into uh, the game later tonight reviewing every single little bit of it. It's going to be a cracking review. We'll also have our deep reveal of all the games from Rep Round. Really looking forward to it. Plenty of content coming on the Rugby League Guru podcast over the next 48 hours.